Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Skull and Flowers podcast. I am Skull, and I'm here with flower number one. Hi, I'm Lavender. And flower number two. Hi, I'm Rose. Today, we are going to read the fable, The Peacock and the Crane. We are going to talk about exciting topics like insults and comparison. With that, Lavender, can you read the fable? Yep. The Peacock and the Crane. A peacock taunted a crane with the dullness of her plumage. Look at my brilliant colors, said she, and see how much finer they are than your poor feathers. I am not denying, replied the crane, that yours are far gayer than mine. But when it comes to flying, I can soar into the clouds, whereas you are confined to the earth like any dunghill cock. That is an interesting fable, not least of which I thought a peacock was a male bird, but clearly the fable says it's a she. <laughs> so, okay, I guess you learn something new every day or learn something is wrong every day. Okay, so... Rose, could you please share your version of the fable? Yes, I can. So, once there was a desk who always bragged about how often it was used. So one day, the desk was talking to a suitcase and said, I am used so often and you barely do anything. Then the suitcase said, I may not be used as often, but I get to travel around the world while you stay at the same spot as you always will be. Ooh, man, that uh, suitcase, that was a... (laughs) That that was a pretty deep cut there. Okay. <laughs> okay. Lavender, how about you? There was once a girl named Lily who was really fast and spent all her time either bragging or practicing for races. So when she bragged to one of her friends, her friend told her she may be fast, but she couldn't even solve an addition problem since so she didn't study. Ooh, spending all her time on running and not on studying. That actually fits in with what we did last week, too. So let's jump right in. Let's talk about insults. So we have the peacock telling the crane, your feathers are so ugly, and the crane saying, sure, but you can't fly anywhere. So when one person insults another, what do you think about the topic that they use to insult them. What does that say about the person? That they're insecure of themselves. Okay, yeah, in general, usually people who insult others are usually insecure about something. They may be jealous. They may be jealous. But, for example, if I'm always insulting people by saying they're dumb, what do you think that means I think is important? Being smart, yeah. And what do you think I worry most about what people will think about me? That you're dumb. Yeah, so I found a lot that when you listen to how people insult each other, that usually says more about the insulter than the receiver. Hmm. What do you find kids insult each other over? How? Okay, so this is really, really weird, but one time, I think it was in third grade, these two guys were fighting over how much, like, abs they have. So, so. clearly they were concerned about, about their abs. They were, <laughs> they were worried that the other students would be like, oh my gosh, have you seen him? He has no abs. <laughs> what kind of a third grader is he? <laughs> how about you, Lavender? What do you see people insult each other over? About... Like, people's style, or if they're, like, smart or dumb. Yeah, so I think everybody everybody is worried that they're a dumb person, so anytime someone sees somebody dumb, they're quick to be like, that person's dumb, I'm the smart one. Can't you see? I'm the smart one. <laughs> totally! 
And I think especially for younger people, style is so important because it's one of the ways that you can express yourself. So everyone wants to express themselves, but they're so worried that their style is actually bad. Mm, yeah. Are you worried about it? I mean, a little, but like not really. So um, when you insult my style, it's it's something other than insecurity. It's just bad. Okay. 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 I get it. So here is here was an, an interesting aspect of this is that you know most people recognize that comparing yourself to others is actually not really that useful. So if you see two kids on the playground saying, I can run faster than you. No, uh I can run faster than you. It's kind of... It doesn't really prove anything. It's useless because out of those two people in the world, yes, maybe one can run faster, but there's probably about, you know, five billion people who can run faster than the kids. Oh. So it's kind of useless, but, you know, what if it was the opposite? What if comparing yourself with others was super useful? Why would it be useful? So I know that generally people feel like comparison is bad and it's not ideal to compare yourself to others. What are some areas where comparing yourself to others could actually do some good? Well, like, for example, if someone says, like, you're bad at math, you could maybe get prove better at wrong. math. Yeah, prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. And just seeing that other people are better at math inspire you to do well mm-hmm. or like um vice versa or like for the person that's comparing or that told them that they're bad at math they maybe, probably just want to get better at it mm-hmm. maybe they're bad at math too and maybe they'll get better yeah so know? there's this example from history that for quite a long time people said that running one mile in under four minutes was physically impossible and so it wasn't until not that long ago, I think, I, I don't know the exact date, but it was less than 100 years ago that somebody first ran one mile in under four minutes. And after they saw that one person do it, then all of a sudden, you know, people started running miles in under four minutes all the time. Wait, people can do that? Uh, not people like me, but other people can run. <laughs> I can't even run a mile in like 30 minutes. <laughs> okay, so do you think people comparing themselves to that person helped? Yeah, I guess. So what are some other areas where comparing yourself to others can actually serve as an inspiration? Um, art. Mm-hmm. Math. Reading. Literacy. So it's basically any place where you're building yourself up with a skill, you can get inspired by people who do it really well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then can you take that too far? Sometimes. What What does it look like when you take that too far? Like when, okay, so in The Amazing World of Gumball, Gumball said that this donut policeman said that he wasn't cool, right? Mm-hmm. So then he... After, like, a few minutes, they, like, he did a lot of cool stuff that they, they thought the policeman was cool. But then he went over the top and, done, and did a ton of, like, bad things. Yeah, so oftentimes you get more obsessed with doing better the person you're comparing yourself with than improving the skill. 
It's just like anything. You may find that someone in your class draws better than you and you want to draw better than them. So you start working really hard at drawing. But what happens? Oops, you start to get more interested in drawing better than that person than being good at drawing. Yeah, or like maybe it's kind of like my story um, where you focus too much on drawing and you don't focus on anything else. So you Mm -hmm. get dumber in math, but you get really good at drawing. (laughs) <laughs> this, that would be good if your story was about drawing rather than running, but I see it. <laughs> but it's the opposite. I don't think there's any religious or spiritual tradition in the world who says that comparing yourselves to others is a good thing. I think probably every single one of them is says, don't compare yourself to others. But yeah. For some a, reason, they still do it. Well, that's what I want to ask you. How do you stop comparing yourself to others i feel like i've read variations on that a thousand times about how comparing yourself to others is no good and yet i still feel like i do it how do you stop how do you stop yourself from comparing yourself from others maybe just stop judging other people okay like or well some people compare themselves to others because they think they're worse than them so try to make them feel like they're less than them stop thinking about your bad things and look at the good things in other people or in yourself in yourself because once you have a bad thing you're like so technically you don't really think it's a bad thing until you care compare it to someone else like maybe um it's summer break and you're just staying home and your friend is going on vacation to hawaii Mm -hmm. you're comparing that and now you think staying at home is bad that's right and I think all those are good pointers, but to be honest, I think the only way to really get get it done is to hear that message constantly throughout your whole life. So I'm hoping that when I'm like 95, I'll be like, finally, I'm not <laughs> comparing myself to others. Okay, so we all agree, kind of comparison, not good, but I think we even more agree that not comparing yourself to others is so hard. So let's move a little bit away from comparisons and talk about what is useful. So in this fable, the peacock thinks that the beauty of her feathers is the most important thing, but the crane thinks the ability to fly is the most important thing. So. We're going to try something new. We're going to have a little debate here. And then we're going to switch in the middle. Rose, I want you to go first and explain why you think the life of the peacock and being beautiful is better. And then, Lavender, you're going to have your time to debate that and say that the life of the crane is better. Okay. Rose, let's hear it. Why peacock? Because sometimes, like, beauty is an important thing. Like, sometimes you can, like, be a model and earn money out of being beautiful. Mm-hmm. So um, it's better to be beautiful than to just do whatever you want. Because sometimes if you have the freedom to do whatever you want, you could do some things that are bad, but you just don't know it. Mm. Okay, what's your response, Lavender? Well, being able to have your own freedom and fly is better because you don't you don't, you don't have to care what other people think. Mm-hmm. Because being beautiful is usually just 
um, so that you can care about what people, what other people think. Mm-hmm. But when you you have the freedom, you can like do whatever you want, and you don't have to worry about. Okay, response, Rose. Who said I didn't have any freedom? I think that most peacocks are kept in cages um, so people can look at their feathers and zoos yeah. and things like that. Well, then I'll help make money for other people. Help the poor and save the world. Save climate change. Say, I, I hope that we get rid of climate change, not save it, but, you know, that's just me. <laughs> okay, now, now flip. Okay, Lavender, you explain why being the peacock would be better. Because then people won't be mean about you and people will worship you about your beautifulness. Uh Uh-huh. And do you have to work hard? No. Actually, no. Actually, wait. Well, you have to be... You have to work hard to be beautiful. (laughs) I think a peacock doesn't really, like, have a workout routine or anything like that. (laughs) Okay, uh, response, Rose. Oh, being beautiful, it doesn't really do much in the world like if you if you're just only beautiful you can only do certain things but if you were had freedom to do anything you wanted to then you could do many more stuff than the peacock can do what about the risk of the crane always having to fight for its very next meal it's got all that freedom but it doesn't even know where its next fish is coming from. Well, that's what's the fun of life. Oh, the mystery of life. Okay. <laughs> well, I thought that was an interesting little debate and something new for us to try here. Um, okay. So then let's try a couple of flipped morals. What could the moral be if the crane said, I use my flying skills to help the poor and the needy, but you, Peacock, just give them joy to look at. Oh, actually, I mean, enjoying your life is a pretty big thing. Because, like, what's the point of living if you don't have a bit of joy in your life? Mm-hmm, okay. Well, with freedom, you can at least help people, but being steered at doesn't help people, except for, like, their emotions. I think you guys are getting back on the debate. <laughs> oh. Debate over. <laughs> No, you have to do the thing. Bang, 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 bang. Okay, (laughs) what could the moral be if the king looked at the peacock and the crane arguing and said, I'm going to put them both in cages because talking birds, that's crazy. Well, (laughs) I don't think putting animals in cages is very good, but... Okay, let's just erase those trips we took to the zoo. (laughs) Okay, so what, what what do you think the moral could be? Well, freedom would probably be better because you could just, like, fly out of there before the king puts you in his dungeon. Oh, you're taking back... The flying one would be able to escape from that situation. Uh, to me, it actually reminds me of this old concept that, you know... People who are really useful have to end up working really hard. Mm-hmm. So... If a a talking crane and a talking peacock are very interesting, so, you know, because of that, they have to get uh, put in cages and put on display for people to look at. Even though the crane is not pretty. 
I don't know. I think that's an underestimation of uh, cranes. You know, cranes are the subject of many paintings and things like that. So it's kind of a weird example. Well, according to the peacock, the crane is ugly. Yeah, in Aesop's Aesop's time, there was just so many cranes that he was like, meh. Who cares about cranes? (laughs) Okay. um, Then the big question, how are you going to live your life better after having heard this fable? Don't judge other people because they might be able to do things that you're not able to do. I think we Mm -hmm. all have, like, good stuff and we all have bad stuff, so we're all equal. Like, everyone, like, is technically, like, equal. Like, maybe someone is, like, more rich than you, but you have more freedom than them. It's like So you mean that everybody has something unique to contribute and we all have... Value is just that some of those values are different. Yeah. But, um, and it is kind of sad because, um, you know, we do get treated differently based on whether we have a skill that, you know, is something that people would pay a lot of money for compared to other things. And in uh, our society, there's definitely people who get a lot of rewards for doing creative things. And uh, there's also people who get a lot of rewards just for basically being good looking. (laughs) So I don't know what the the best takeaway here is, but I think for me, how I'm going to live my life better is the next time I want to say something bad about someone or insult someone, even if it's just to myself, I'll think, okay, why am I choosing that? Because that probably means I'm insecure about that topic. Yeah. Okay. That's a better one than I thought. I don't know. I think that we all got um, something good from this fable. Um, But our next segment is Hard Questions with Dad. During your childhood, did you ever have any imaginary best friends? That's an interesting question because I used to read stories a lot. um, And in the stories, the, the main characters often had imaginary friends and things of that nature and so I was always envious of that because I thought that seemed like a really cool thing to have an imaginary friend so I would maybe make a show out of it for like a day and maybe pretend I had an imaginary friend but it wasn't stable and it wasn't something I could keep up and so it's not like uh, on the shows where the parents are worried about the kid oh, little Timmy has an imaginary friend. And, you know, the imaginary friend's always a ghost, and that's why. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so no, not really. How about either of you? Um, yes. Me? Not really, when I was... You imagined your sister was your friend? No. <laughs> Me and Lavender, we both um, had imaginary friends for a while. So we just pretend we owned an office place. Okay. So, rem- remember? And you befriended mm-hmm. all the office workers. How fun. No. Oh, no, but, like, we were, like, fun office workers, and we called it, like, I don't know. Fun Emporium? I don't know. Fun store? <laughs> well, we also used to have, like, this whole imaginary world. Yeah, like, we literally had to like, write like, down people on a paper. Yeah, we, like, made up random people. We like, couldn't Johnny keep track. And, like, <laughs> just for, like, fun when we were bored. Okay. Yeah. All right. Rose, your question. <clears throat> what did you used to like to draw the most as a kid? 
What did I used to like to draw the most? Let's see. So I was young when the first Batman movie came out uh, that was directed by Tim Burton. So I used to like to draw the bat signal on different things. And even as a pretty young kid, I realized I was not all that good at drawing. (laughs) So I would spend some time to try to get better at drawing, but it never really panned out. And so I just, you know, I did other things other than drawing. Okay. But so, like, you know, like the bat symbol, like where there's like the yellow stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, at first... Um, I thought the, that was, like, teeth. I didn't have that. I thought they were yellow teeth. That's funny. My recommendation is a book called White Dolphin, or I think it was used to be called One White Dolphin. I mean, it said that on the cover. So, but it's about this girl named Kara. Um, her mom, wait, wait, wait. It's not about a white dolphin? No, it's about a human girl. Misleading. <laughs> Um, it's about a girl named Kara that struggles in school, and her mom is lost at sea, and she f- finds a white dolphin, and she has to save it. How many white dolphins? One. Oh, that's good. That's why it's the white dolphin and not the white dolphins. Yeah, it was literally called one white dolphin before. <laughs> if it was about several, that would be misleading as well. Yeah. And they just have to save the white dolphin, and oh. that's basically it. So my recommendation is cats, because we've had too many very bad cats in these fables here. Oh, I get it. Yeah, so these fables are really very anti-cat, anti-fox. Yeah. Uh, You know, nowadays when we see a fox, it's very exciting because you see foxes so rarely. But, you know, at Aesop's time, cranes were ugly. There was too many foxes. Too many cats, smart mice. Okay, so this is the first recommendation that's for an entire species. Okay, I think that's the end of our episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye.